Hello and welcome to this episode of the Venus Investor Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. I want to talk about the planets in retrograde for this episode, as well as the Pisces full moon. But I kind of had this little sidetrack of what is going on in the UK with Britain's most uh, prolific serial killer of children. Um, it's not a subject I really kind of like to delve into, but it would just been in the headlines. And I just felt that this was very much the Venus retrograde having some of its more negative effects, because this serial killer actually killed seven babies, attempted the murder of six more. And there's about 15 more to be investigated, I believe, as a current state of going to press. And I just felt that this was an incredible way to look at some of the astrology that is happening now. And, you know, Venus rhetoric can't be responsible for for these deaths or for this happening, but definitely for it coming out into our consciousness, because these this uh, these events happened uh, June 2015 to 2016. So they were quite a while ago, nearly 10 years ago. And um, it's all coming to the court now. And of course, this person who I'm not going to give her a name, let's not give her a name. This person has um, just received a proper all life sentence, which means um, a proper life sentence means that she's never going to um, come out of prison and I think that's justly right for these crimes um, and I guess you know for those crimes when you're doing it at that level in a, that frequency you know one after the other it does feel that that must have been like an addiction or something else driving that ship as it were so I looked at her birth chart now it does mean to me that, you know, if you were born on the 4th of January 1990, and apologies to anyone out there who is, you know, it doesn't mean you're all going to you know, have the same chart positions and that you're then going to become another serial killer, because there has to be certain aspects within the chart that need to be activated, like with your parents chart that make you are triggers for you. So, you know, not everything is going to turn you into a serial killer. It has to be certain events in your life that are come across other charts. You know, you're not created like that on your own. But I would say that, you know, people born around 1990 have quite a few planets in Capricorn. And, you know, Capricorn, you know, here we have Pluto in Capricorn now, and that's like great. We've got the third or fourth industrial revolution, and it certainly created the other uh, previous industrial revolutions. But the millennials born around 1990 or just before all have um, Saturn. Neptune and Uranus in Capricorn. So three major planets happening in Capricorn. And of course, uh, if you're born in January, as this person was, you've also got the Sun and Mercury on that year too. So I often say, you know, we, the, my generation and previous generations even more so are looking at the millennials going, well, they don't know how to work. They've got no they've got no work ethic. They don't work like us. And of course, they are not supposed to. And, you know, we might look at um, builders or construction companies building these massive office blocks along the Thames in New York, wherever there's building opportunities, like let's build some headquarter offices that are really impressive and majestic and look really kind of, you know, 
sign of the epically sign of the times and you create them and but you're looking at them from an astrology point of view or from an Aquarian point of view going we're not going to work like that in the future we're not going to commute in droves to this office to do a nine to five or you know like in Japan where they're like sleep in the office because they're so keen to be seen as these journeymen this isn't going to happen and the millennials who who minor generation and generations previously are going they don't work properly they don't know they don't turn up they don't really see the idea of it all no because they have all these planets in capricorn which are deconstructing the ideas or the structures that we have previously built in previous um, industrial revolutions and the way we've built our working life to be nine to five to be a weekend and just remember that point in in Downton Abbey when the Dutch the dowager the the dowager duchess says what's a weekend of course she doesn't know what a weekend is because a weekend is a modern phenomena that we have created uh, in the last 200 100 years even when we were given more time off instead of just Sunday off do you remember that no you don't remember that at all but uh, you'll see it in all those period dramas when Sunday was the only day off for the servants because obviously it was a sacred blessed day so we've extended it to have a weekend. And now in our modern times, you know, Price Waterhouse, those big, um, a big company of insurance, I think, and um, um, whatever else they do. Um, Price Waterhouse now have summer Fridays, you know, in the Friday. If you've done all your work, you can take Friday off or Friday afternoon off. And so many companies are doing that. Take the Friday off, extend your weekend or even the Monday. And I think as a society, we're definitely if you are in a working world, you're going to extend that to have a four day week now. So that's the kind of deconstruction of our working lives that's happening. So anyone with this born around 1990, millennials as well, will have that kind of idea that uh, we, we're not going to work like you are. It is going to change. We're deconstructing that and something else is going to take its place. And of course, working from home <laughs> is going to be definitely more suitable for the future human so I do believe that this nurse um, with her planets in Capricorn has definitely will be having far reaching effects of what she's done. She's kind of deconstructed some kind of the processes behind neonatal teams within hospitals or even the idea of how they might look at certain people's behavior certain you know when deaths happen she'll definitely be deconstructing some element and i think these fissures of you know these fissures that go deep into the nhs such as what's just been happening in the pandemic where things have not been you know there's a there's a divide between what you believe and you know whether you've gone and taken the narrative or you've um you know you've rejected it these fissures are going to run deep into the nhs and i think this is just another example of that this uh, a deconstruction of old institutions and a deconstruction of the practices that go along in the nhs and you know people who come along as headliners who um dominate our headliners come in as new archetypes to wake us up to idea you know their their standpoints within the periods of this is when this happened because that person did this and you know what she has done is the most appalling horrendous crimes that can be imagined and i'm just getting welling up thinking about what's happened and my heart goes out to all those families concerned because that is devastating 
uh, for sen for not just the family, but the people around them and for um, the brothers and sisters, everyone that is the devastation is far, far reaching. So I feel terribly sorry for that. But I'm looking also then to about the fact that the NHS here has a responsibility here and also some might say the NHS is slowly disintegrating, but disintegrating due to the old ways, due to the fact that the Capricorn money men are making it into a business and not a health caring business. You know, they've kind of taken out any kind of alternative health care and it's just about pharmaceuticals and surgery. And and, you know, they might have some kind of rehabilitation, but you've got to be deep within their structure to receive any of their care because it's about money and that's what's destroying the nhs which is a i'm you know we're so lucky to have an nhs um but really you know if, if you have an emergency they are amazing but like me if you want an appointment for an investigation you have to wait a year or get private health care so anyway it is disintegrating so i thought well why what what would be in this nurse's chart that that has activated her because I can wager other people born on the same day will not be serial killers. So I looked at the NHS's chart as well by comparison with hers. And what I found was like, oh, my God, you cannot make this stuff up. So this nurse has got her son at 13 degrees Capricorn and the NHS's son is at 13 degrees Cancer. So both their vital forces are exactly in opposition. You know, what she wants to do and what they are, what they are operating under are completely different auspices and in antagonism to each other. People can get on with oppositions. So they're obviously she's attracted to that. That was probably as mentioned by her best friend, that this was what she wanted to do from school. So she, you know, this was a lifelong mission of hers. But then you see <clears throat> her son is, her Capricorn son is opposite Chiron in Cancer. Chiron in Cancer will always have sort of pains around the mother or mothering. And her Chiron in Cancer then is exactly conjunct the NHS's son. So that pain her mothering pain is really being you know the, the the vital force of the of the nhs that meets this pain is really going to be augmented in this opposition and conjunction involving chiron so it brings pain to be high on the agenda of the nhs it's like i'm bringing my pain to you i'm bringing it to work to this institution so that made me go, wow, that, that, that's, that on its own is quite incredible to be going into a working space with a, a, an organisation with your son in opposition to its son. So then on top of that, this nurse has got her south node at 16 degrees Leo. Now, 16 degrees Leo, south node, that obviously is being hit right now. And Venus, as we speak, is at 16 degrees Leo. But... Um, Venus retrograde will be pulling up some of her past life karma right now for her to face within the judges. So I think her karma might be within the courts and what's happening now rather than what happened then. However, her south node at 16 degrees Leo matches and conjuncts the NHS Pluto at 13 degrees. The NHS Pluto in Cancer, obviously, I mean, in Leo, sorry, that's 
that's like the south node and Pluto together is that karmic death, that karmic death destruction of really of big and epic heart ideas of where people might hold sovereignty and here it's like no i'm 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 dis i've got to destroy this and it's karmic majorly karmic so i've thought wow she's she's operating from a dark place here within and, and the nhs pluto would have activated her south node completely which may have lain dormant if it not were not for this nhs pluto uh, it's almost like adding power to her south node so that she's suddenly had to activate. And of course, you see in somebody's chart, if they've got no planets around their south node, some of that stuff isn't going to come up in their life. Or, you know, you'll see a person's son sit on someone else's south node. And you go, oh, my God, I've met this person in a past life. So it does activate that way. So um, this is kind of what's happened to her becoming an employee and the, at the NHS. Um, also then... Her Pluto is at 17 degrees Scorpio, which is quite a dark, uh, it was in its rulership there. But the NHS's um, Chiron is then at 18 degrees, right next to it, at 18 degrees Scorpio. So the Chiron and the Pluto there. So the NHS's weak point is the, is in the sort of kind of the, the, the underworld stuff, the darkness, the spiritual aspect of the NHS, which it kind of largely ignores. It remains hidden. But here, her Pluto brings so much power to that, so much power to the, the hidden power shifts that go on within the NHS, which are Potentially, it's almost destruction because if it doesn't get to grips with that, it will eat itself from the inside. So I really felt that Pluto there, her Pluto on NHS's Chiron is significant and again on its own significant. Then moving on to this nurses, she has got Mars in Sagittarius, which often gets into, you know, gallops away when it's on a mission. So it's got lots of activation, but then it's activated by NHS. It has Jupiter in Sagittarius. And of course, this Jupiter in Sagittarius for the NHS gives it highfalutin, high ideals, really wanting to kind of reach for something beyond the, mon the mundane. It lifts. That's why the NHS exists, because it does have high ideals. And a Jupiter is just augmenting that for generations. So here with her Mars, it's almost like she gets a taste of this and actually it almost augments her Mars that she once she starts, she cannot stop. But what was also interesting is that she has the asteroid Salome at 22 degrees uh, Sagittarius and Salome obviously did the dance of the seven veils to go into the underworld and she was doing that for John the Baptist to be able to go into the underworld and Salome here with your um, uh, 22 degrees Sagittarius matches the NHS's Jupiter which would have augmented that so it feels like there's this initiation this depth into the underworld this opening this portal that was created by the pair of them coming together by her being employed by the NHS. And I thought that was fascinating to have that, uh, as, well, you might say a minor asteroid, but you do see that Salome does come up in charts sometimes where there will be some kind of initiation or, or something difficult to deal with that will take you. And it's seven veils and there's seven babies. I'm just saying this is horrendously 
on point, I'm afraid. So much so that I would say this is black magic at work. It's demonic. So um, that's why I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I can't resist some of this astrology. And then also this nurse has got Mercury retrograde. Now, some of the best orators, such as Russell Brand, have Mercury retrograde. So I'm not saying this is generally somebody who can't speak, but often a Mercury retrograde might be in someone who finds it hard to express their uh, emotions. But also going back to what we were saying in earlier um, in earlier episodes when we're talking about planets next to the sun are sometimes combust or under the sunbeams, meaning their power is reduced. So this Mercury retrograde at 23 degrees Capricorn uh, would have been reduced maybe and that internalized some of what she wanted to express. But here it is con making a really lovely trine to the NHS's Mars in Virgo. And Mars in Virgo is like really activating the caring, healing, you know, being precise, the, um, the medication, those kind of ideas around the NHS. But this is then um, being kind of giving energy also to her unexpressed Mercury retrograde in Capricorn. So there was stuff in her that she wanted to express. She was at Mercury retrograde, denied her that expression and maybe this, that Mercury being in combust or within the sunbeams um, because it's 10 degrees away or almost conjunct her sun. So she was denied that real expression. And then the NHS, she she suddenly finds finds it within her to do that. So the NHS has actively initiated or ignited so many power aspects within this person's chart. It's definitely karmic. And, you know, it, karma has unfolded with such disastrous and unbelievable sorrowful consequences. And going back to that south node in Leo. So south node in Leo, sometimes people with south nodes in Leo have been kings, queens, attached to royalty or been in some exalted position that perhaps they didn't feel worthy enough of. Um, you know, you're just elevated to other beyond other people's, um, you know, what other people may have done or, or earned. So you've been elevated in a past life and um, and potentially with this nurse, um, maybe with Venus retrograde as well. It's like that feeling of unworthiness that you don't deserve where you've been. And she's carried that through into this life. And crucially now, that south node is being transited and therefore highlighted by the Venus in Leo and Venus retrograde in Leo and Lilith. So we obviously want to talk about Lilith here because Lilith is on her south node or has been on her south node of recent. Not while the crimes are being committed, but while this is all coming out. So Lilith is here going, check this out. I'm not taking prisoners here because we have to remember, though, as much as we might go, oh, Lilith, she was she didn't. It wasn't she responsible for 100 babies dying a day. But no, remember that Lilith didn't kill those babies. Her penance was to have her own babies killed. And she had a hundred babies a day killed. That was the penance that the angel said, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't come and submit to Adam. So she stood her rights and went, no. But this theme then obviously does pers persist and is coming out now for us to, to observe. But remember now that we can see that Lilith was had the penance of a hundred babies a day throughout her fertile life. And if you equate, if you imagine the amount of years of her fertile life as an ordinary human up to 72 and of that, say, 
not even 60 because she wouldn't have been say up to 40 or 50 so she would have had 30 years of fertile fertile you know um producing an egg each month so so what we what we align lilith with is the fact that she was having all these babies and a, a, a human baby in utero has about six million eggs ready six million eggs that's that's way too many and then by the time it's born and comes into being there's only one or two million left so she's already shed um roughly five four or five million eggs already and that shedding then continues and through to when you get to fertile age i think you get about five hundred thousand left and then beyond that, that you're still shedding those eggs. And what is happening in a spiritual sense is that spirit is deciding or or your, your eggs are evolving so that you get the most perfect eggs are the ones that are going to be viable. The others are shared because they are inconsequential and they're redundant matter from previous life stages. And they really shouldn't come to to uh to come to birth which is why some of those nhs or some of those um fertility things go wrong because they're picking out eggs that should have made potentially been redundant um so this is lilith you know that she's actually providing a service for humans to in order to shed old and obsolete human codes so that the humanity can evolve by her righteousness by her standing her ground it's enabled us to flourish in more and move forward so lilith represents this progress process and she is the discernment the person to evolve the human race within this but anyway that hundred babies a day that um, death of babies it does persist in with her wherever she is in your chart and um but not just not on her own so what i would also look at in a chart is um there'll be other asteroids other elements that would be involved in something in a serial killer of babies and one of those asteroids would be niobe now niobe boasted that she had seven boys and seven girls seven boys and seven girls so 14 children and she was boastful of this and so the gods saw this and they took her babies they killed her babies because she was so boastful and we see in archetypal paintings of antiquity that there is niobe sitting on a on a, on a rock weeping forevermore Poor Niobe, she's absolutely devastated and sits on her rock weeping in sorrow for so many things. And that is Niobe, wherever the asteroid is in your chart. And I must say that wherever she is in a chart, it does need to be activated. And it maybe is some idea then of past life that you come in with the horror of knowing of having lost babies in previous lives where you might be so protective of your children or um you know that you will be mindful not to be boastful of them as it must be really hard not to be i have to say and so this person this serial killer has had uh, has had niobe i checked has got niobe in pisces in a trine with that chiron that hits on with the nhs is um uh, son so she really is relevant and the nhs is chiron as well um yeah so it's really relevant to the nhs again and therefore she makes a grand water trine of asteroids of the female stories of her lilith in scorpio um niobe in pisces and chiron in cancer so she's got this grand water trine of asteroids
Uh, and her Chiron in Cancer is always going to say be the mother wound, and it's augmented by her Jupiter conjunct Chiron there, which then is augmented by the the NHS's Sun. But right now, Niobe is transiting in Cancer, and it's transiting. Uh, this person's Chiron as well. So this this is almost like coming back for her to, to show her what she's done. So I would say that this, it might highlight her pain around this and the reasons why she did it and um, the original wounding that she received to make this happen. Um, so potentially there is, we might see some um, contrition perhaps at some point. And then also we might look at, if we are looking for what causes someone to be so abusive, we might also look at Nessus, the asteroid Nessus. Now, this asteroid, we often, as an astrological standpoint, use it as where there might be abuse or rape in a chart and where we might carry the energy of that i we have been abused or raped in the past or been on so been on the receiving end or actually played that out and uh, or repeating that abuse now jimmy savile had nessus really prominent i think it was conjunct pluto on his mc so he was always going to happen on a mega scale but nessus wasn't just you know, he had he, he Nessus was a bad dude. He was um, he raped Hercules wife. So Hercules put his wife on a on a ferry or Nessus was the ferryman. And there's always a lot of karma and issues around the ferryman. You know, it's the it's quite a, um, a shamanic process to be the, the ferryman of other people. So he was the ferryman and he was on a boat whilst Her Hercules was w watching from the shore because he'd put his wife on the boat. And and Hercules then decided to rape um, Diamira, Dianira, sorry, um, and of course, Hercules sees this from the shore and he retaliates. Of course, he's going to retaliate. It's Hercules. And he shoots a poison arrow at Nessus. He fires the arrow and the arrow has the blood of the Hydra on the tip of it. And the blood of the Hydra, those poisonous seven headed dog headed snaky monster thing. So it had the blood of the Hydra. So it was poison, poisonous. So it hits Nessus in the chest. And so he is now poisoned by that blood. And whilst he's dying, he gets Dianera and he says, you know, look, if you take if you drink my blood, I promise you it will cure Hercules of being uh, of having a wandering eye of being a ladies man, of which, of course, Hercules was a god. Of course, he was going to be, um, you know, a scoundrel, should we say. And and so Dianera thinks, oh, my God, yes, I want my husband just for myself. So I'm going to take this blood um, unbeknownst to her that this blood is poisoned by the Hydra and, you know, that Nessus is dying. So she takes this blood in order to give it to um, Hercules at a later point. So this is absolute revenge because she does give it to Hercules. She hopes that Hercules will be just hers alone. And she gives him this poisoned blood. And that is how Hercules died. So that is like the re revenge, revenge on on kind of turbocharge, revenge as a dish, a dish served cold. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So um, that's how Hercules dies in the end. And it's Nessus's fault. So you can see Nessus, not not a good person to have in your chart. 
And in this case, this nurse has it trine her Venus. So not particularly, you know, with asteroids, you know, really, unless they're really forming something significant, I'm not, um, you know, in a, and especially in a conjunction, um, you know, this this will have some effect, but I think it needs to be activated by something else. And it is in a wide conjunction to the NHS's Neptune, which might have been the free-for-all that she needed. She's like, whoa, here I come. So um, as much as I kind of feel that it does need an activation, I think that, and you can pick off major things between her and the NHS. I do think because there are so many significant things, even this small thing here is just a complete combination. She has definitely got karma with the NHS, whether she's been killed before in it or whether the people working there, there is definitely something going on here for her to be so significant within this whole story. Um, but talking of Nessus and Dianera, there's a really beautiful painting. It's quite sexy, actually, but it's, if, well, maybe not. That's the wrong word. I'm going to scrap that. There is a really lovely painting by Enrique Simet of the centaur Nessus, and he's about to claim Dianera in the way that they are kind of. He's the centaur and he's about to claim her. It's quite beautiful. Uh, uh, it's a lovely painting if you want to check that out as well. So something then in this nurse's past life south node in Leo will be activated and not just for her, but for humanity, because this is so big. This is for humanity to understand, you know, what goes on when you give someone who too much power and maybe an idea of to claim it ourselves to be um to have utter discernment and, you know, it's the idea you cannot trust anyone. You have to understand that what people's motives are, where they're coming from, and even if they are your best friend. And I think it's so sweet that the best friend is saying, no, 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 I don't believe she did it. Um, but some people will fall through the net. And um, like this 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 poor, I'm going to say poor girl, this this horrendous person, um, she's fallen through the net. She's landed in the lower vibration and the lower octave of the areas within her chart. And, and that leaves you open to entities. And I would say the entities of the NHS as well, not just her own. This is, this is bigger than herself. This is the lower astral forces coming in and potentially coming in via via the NHS, demonic entities that there must be some... Um, it's going beyond just just this character far, far more that, that she has been activated in this way. Um, and so it is a lesson to us all. Anyway, I'm going to close talking about that. Um, we're talking about this week and on the 27th of August, we have um, Mars is going to go into Libra. And perhaps we can use that for something more creative and something romantic or artful some lovely pursuit when mars goes into libra but also then on the 29th of august we've got uranus retrograde and now when uranus goes retrograde on the 29th we will then have six planets in retrograde which is quite a rare phenomenon six planets in retrograde and an asteroid a significant asteroid chiron so that's seven in retrograde so this is not a time to start anything this is not a time to get on with your plans don't worry if you're really feeling the pull backwards that you have to do some more research you have to reconsider there might be a curveball thrown in and especially there will be a curveball there might be quite 
chaos occurring around you because it's Uranus who's changing direction. And on the 29th, it's like whatever direction Uranus is heading in it could be super chaotic, super um, volcanic, shall we say. So this is not a time to get things going. This is a time to hunker down. However, we've only got six days of six planets, one asteroid in retrograde, which is enough. We don't need more than a week, but um, it's Venus that ends this retrograde. So Venus will be ending her retrograde period and going direct on the 4th of September. And so this is this is going to be a check in with our heart values on that morning of the 4th of September. Venus is going to bring us back to some emotional sense forward of, of who we are and who where we want to go so we can ask ourselves around the 4th of September how does my heart feel what is my heart doing now what what part of it is working is it all working and have I learned anything in this past six-week period have I learned anything and can I carry these lessons forward um have I upgrade my sense of who I am and my heart energy, can I carry it for forward? Can I bring these lessons to lean into my heart energy more, lean into my values? And then also, let's say, let's say I'm going to wear my crown and wear my vibe with pride and uh, ensure that I have got a good vibe going forward. So this happens on the 4th and thereby ends six planets in retrograde. The 4th, it happens in the morning of the 4th. So maybe on the third in some countries in America, but then on the fourth in the afternoon and therefore maybe on the fifth in Australia, Jupiter then goes retrograde. So we just have this 24 hour window, a pause on the 4th of September where we switch around. So the 4th of September might be quite a chaotic day as well. It might be like, oh, a heart rendering because, you know, Venus and and Jupiter together are lovely planets to really kind of bring about a, a, an opening here. You know, one goes forward, one goes backward. And it's like a switch of energies, but really good energies. And it really is going to help a big heart opening, a big, you know, here I come energy. But Jupiter is in Taurus and Jupiter is wanting us to go to the deep dive into the earthly matters and pursuits so here this might mean sex for you this might mean really getting into your sexual energy or it could mean your bodily autonomy understanding what's going on within your body and with your body saying something to you mine definitely is i need to go and see a doctor or someone that can examine my abdominal cavity it feels like i've got rocks in there but anyway <laughs> maybe i'll save that for the fourth but anyway I'll probably end up having it on the fourth for investigation. But then um, we might be looking at our physical health around this time because it's, you know, really digging deep because this is Taurus now and Uranus going retrograde within a week, a week or so of each other, you know, less than a week of each other. They're going retrograde. And um, um, so, yeah, they really will be digging into Taurian matters. So it's your physical health, it's your body autonomy, it's sex, it's also money and wealth. What's going to be happening with money and wealth? And is that going to be cash? I urge you all to go out and withdraw money and use cash much more frequently. And when you do that, people who are still taking cash are really pleased. Say, yeah, they get it too. People are going, yeah, we want cash. So go every couple of weeks, get £200 cash out and keep spending with it. Um, then, of course, Taurus represents food and farming 
And perhaps there's something we need to look more into with food and farming. Isn't it? Italy are now going through completely natural farming methods um, or not completely, but they're not. They're rejecting GM foods, etc. And I think that's amazing. They're kind of augmenting Italy's kind of values and uh, character as a country to be really supportive of of good, healthy, natural food. And I think that's amazing. So perhaps there's going to be more of that. Um, and perhaps there's going to be more ideas around sustainability in the in a more appropriate way. But also perhaps maybe we're going to become more aware of what's happening with the weather manipulation. I really think, you know, people are becoming more and more aware of the idea that these direct energy weapons or harp systems really are creating um weird and wonderful and not so wonderful weather systems that they can be used for um, commercial gain, should we say. And that's all Taurian themes. And with all these planets in retrograde, you've got to ask yourself, are we going to go into another lockdown, another mask mandate? Um, and the body autonomy question here is, am I going to even wear the mask? You know, I've been told it's not even a value. It doesn't even work. But I've heard on the great ground there's going to be another mask mandate and maybe there'll be another medication mandate. And so that's the body autonomy that might be really questioned. Now we have Jupiter as well as Uranus in Taurus you know maybe we are going to resist this time the subscription to the authorities mandates about what we do with our bodies medically or with masks or in staying within our house and understand that this was a false economy surely we cannot go into that we've understood that on every level that was a false economy um, and I've also seen talking about the physical money and digital idea that Amazon are giving £10 for your palm print. So there you are. Did you take the medication for a donut? You're definitely going to get £10 for your palm print as well if you're that type. Um, so these are all Jupiter and Uranus retrograde energies in, well, retrograde or direct in Taurus. And obviously now both retrograde. And also then you've got to see Canada, what's going on in Canada. They're regulating the over-the-counter sale of supplements um, in quite a detrimental way because obviously they want you just to take the medication and pharmaceuticals rather than the supplements. So there's a lot going on that these Taurus themes can be brought about. And you might see that in your own life as well with some of those subjects. But six planets in retrograde lasts until Mercury goes direct on the 15th of September. So that's the this time around. So six days from the 29th to the 4th, maybe the 5th. And then from the, oh, so the 3rd, maybe the 4th, but the 4th. And then the 4th to the 15th. Um, and then Mercury goes direct. We're out of Mercury retrograde. And then this five planets in in. Um, Retrograde lasts till then Pluto goes direct on the 10th of October. But that's a whole other subject. Going to keep it within this week because before that, we have um, the full moon in Pisces. This, the full moon in Pisces, this is our annual let it all hang out, let it go. This is the big emotional pour out and it's happening at the end of August. It's going to be the 31st, thir well, 30th in America, 31st in the UK and um, in Australia. So this is the big day for um, 
Pisces and Piscean issues of emotional nature. And this is happening at seven degrees Pisces. And in a way, this follows on, presumably after we've had this gregarious and fun Leo season. But really, that Leo season didn't really happen in the way we expected, did it? Due to Venus retrograde, I guess. And so many planets then moving on to Virgo. But um, so, yeah, we have this beautiful Pisces full moon and I always this is there's always something going to come up that's going to trigger you for an outpouring generally does but anyway seven degrees of Pisces and guess what that nurse that we're talking about the serial killer she has Niobe the one who lost her babies at eight degrees Pisces so this full moon is really going to bring about maybe her realization and her emotional attachment to what she's done so there's going to be a big emotional realization of her crimes potentially for her and maybe we're going to hear about some sort of contrition from her around this time because it will be quite emotional and maybe this story is not going to die down or it's going to evolve into other ways because there's, there's more uh, deaths to be investigated not just the ones we've already heard about but not to dwell on her as I said this Pisces full moon is time to let it out but Remember that Neptune, more at the uh, part of that yod earlier on, Neptune is also in Pisces. It's not conjunct because Neptune is now at 26 degrees Pisces, but still it's going to add to the emotional outpouring, the emotional landscape that's just going to be augmented and come into focus. We do have to let it out. But, you know, but we've got to know that the amount of planets opposite in Virgo and the amount of planets that are in retrograde as well is like there's a resistance here. So if you are just on this outpouring of planet of, of emotion, you've got to understand potentially that there are going to be a caveat to that. You know, you can't be out there accusing people or throwing your emotion around willy nilly because the Virgo thing is going to go. Ah, 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 ah. You, you look at the detail here. Look at what really happened and be honest with yourself. There may be a few more he said, she said elements to it. And you really don't want to get into those kind of spats with this. So keep, I don't say keep it to yourself, but um, have a little bit of grace when it comes out, shall we say, and leave room for doubt, leave room for someone else's contrition, allow them to be contrite and maybe allow the gratitude to come in as well. Thank you for this lesson thank you i obviously needed this lesson i obviously chose this lesson god what i will what was i thinking so whilst this pisces full moon might not be conjunct neptune but any, anyhow neptune's here allowing the flow this pisces full moon is also conjunct saturn now a moon conjunct saturn can be quite oppressive quite oh god do i have to this is so it dulls the senses it's blocking of emotions of any creativity and it might just seem unfair and it might just seem unjust in this way so there's this kind of pain that's coming out with this this um really i've i'm i'm indignant about this i really am indignant that kind of energy um and also the spontaneity around emotional kind of flow, it might be just be dead. 
Like there's, it's slightly depressive, this Saturn conjunct a full moon in Pisces. But also, we could look at the Saturn in another way and understand that when Saturn comes along here, it's going to bring a lot of stability. It's to stabilizing sometimes to some of those emotional outbursts. Um, and Saturn can also come along and bring add weight and certainty maybe in uncertain areas or big emotional areas where it's like, I can't get to grips with this. And Saturn can come along and to provide support and go, no, 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 we've got you. You can cry here. It's OK. And and also definitely be the steadying hand, the, the steadying of the ship at sea with this Saturn conjunct Pisces full moon. So it's not all bad. And we want to get on to the, okay, I'm just going to take on board this steadying influence rather than see it as an oppressive influence. So we can hope for that. But also, let us use Pisces, not just for the emotional outburst, but let's use it for the creativity, the amazing creativity that Pisces full moon brings. And this Pisces full moon conjunct Saturn is going to put your emotional life into your creative projects and delve into the arts. I mean, amazing in that sense, so that you can delve into the arts, delve into your creativity and develop something that's going to last, built to last, construct construct something big, construct something that's going to be, you know, life affirming. And remember this oppressive Saturn energy. Saturn is the master builder. And in Pisces, it could help creativity. It can help women and can help, you know, all the all the feminine in both male and women. It can help bring around assurance and something arty or emotional becomes super viable, that it begins to flourish under this auspice of Saturn conjunct the full moon in Pisces. So that is rather good. So let's take the goodness out of this. And then also, as a side note, the asteroid Mary Magdalene is there. And I do like the asteroid Mary Magdalene. So she's there and she is going to be providing any tantric energies you want to add on to this so that, you know, you're feeling your sacral energy and you can put it into your into your creative pursuits on this moon. And so they're going to be enhanced and it and that's the sacral element of this will be enhanced and allowed to flourish. It's hugely creative. So if you want to have children, get out there or get in there. Um, but this is this is a lovely flourishing of of um, sacral energy that it, when it's at its most creative and it's most exalted. So it's not just for sex sake. It's 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 a higher energy than that. Higher codes of Mary Magdalene. So um, I hope you found that interesting. And um, I want to give love to you all for this Pisces full moon when it happens. Let me know how you get on. And thank you for listening. And if you can, please do give me a follow because it's the follows that count that help other people get to hear about this podcast. So thank you so much. <laughs>